Welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. We've got one extra number this week, the injury crisis has has lessened somewhat. Jamie McDonald returns. Jamie, how are you? I'm good, thanks. It's good to be back. Obviously, I'm glad to get over that massive injury which kept me out of last week's podcast. Uh, come back earlier, you know, the scan, the scan was good, so yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. We've got a, a top medical team here at Draw, Lose or Draw HQ, so it's good to see that paying off. And David Forrest is also here. David, how are you? A ginger in this heat? Are you are you coping? <laughs> Not just a ginger. A ginger who dresses exclusively in black, long sleeve clothing, all times of the year. Um, I'd like to make a quick, but I'm too I'm too hot, man. It's just <laughs> it's just the worst, man. It's disgusting. <laughs> well, <laughs> we we might allow you a drinks break halfway through, unlike the referee on. Tuesday night, we, we might allow you that, because um, it is far too warm, I'm sure we can all agree. And we'll get straight into the, the games then, we've got two games to catch up on, and two wins, excitingly. First up was a trip to Stenhouse from you on Saturday, David was there, Jamie watching a stream, so David, as you were there, I'll come to you first, what did you make of the game? Stenhouse were really set up to be to be as difficult as possible. However, I mean, I would say, I thought we were actually quite good in the first half. I know we were 1-0 down at half-time, but watching them, like, they were absolutely going for Stenhouse Muir's throat. They commanded the game, they kept possession, and it wasn't even just a case of, you know, they had lots of possession. It was literally, if the ball was to a Stenhouse Muir player and the Thistle player couldn't get it, he'd just punt it into the stand for a throw-in just to cut off any momentum whatsoever. The whole game was literally, for the first half, was just Thistle stopping any sort of chance from Stenhouse to even string together like two, three passes. And I, I'm not going to lie, I, I went for a pish when uh, <laughs> they got the penalty. So um, I can't comment on whether or not it was a justified penalty, but by all accounts, it, it seemed like, you know, it was fair enough. The second half, we looked a bit more brittle at the back. Stenhouse got a bit of a footing in the game because, I mean, the, the penalty came you know, quite near half time. So they came in the second half and were a bit buoyant and they were looking for a second goal. We managed to calm things down. Foster's ball in was fantastic um, for, I believe it was Graham, and maybe Graham or Rudden, I can't remember, it's too warm. But Foster's ball in for the second one was fantastic. Um, the game felt about five hours in the heat. Um, I'm not going to lie, it was it was quite boring for a while, but it's, I, I, I don't know, it just, it just didn't feel like much of a game. Like, nobody went, it was literally me. Manpreet, but Manpreet didn't even go. Manpreet went to the Botanics instead, which shows you how little anybody cared for this game. Is that Manpreet decided to go to the Botanics instead of like actually <laughs> going to the game? It was quite a low energy game, and it was too warm. But there was positives for me to take out of the game, certainly. I think it had all the ingredients of one to miss. It was an absolute belter of a day, so people have better things to do. We were heavily discouraged to go to the ground until they realised they weren't going to sell enough tickets about 
not even less than 24 hours before kickoff, we finally got told we could go. And if you didn't want to go, you you were back to a pixel stream, which I think everyone's had enough of. So I think it was quite an easy one to miss. Jamie, you did endure a pixel stream of the game or a, a lot of the game. Do you have anything else to add? I mean, it wasn't the best game out. At the end of the day, we got the win. That's all that really matters. I mean, I thought the penalty looked a bit soft in the stream. I'm not going to lie, I haven't watched the highlights back, which I usually do, but I haven't got around to it yet. So I don't know, I've heard some people say it didn't look like a penalty. Other people said it probably was a penalty, but I'm glad to see Brian Graham and Zach Rumble both got on the score sheet. Obviously, they've both had a good start in the League Cup. I'm, I know we'll talk about more Brian Graham when it comes to the Dumbarton game, but glad to see both of them getting off the mark before the league campaign opens. And again, at the end of the day, we got through. Well, we didn't get through, you know I mean? We got through the game when that's all that really matters. Uh, I, I wanted to ask a question about this game, just because obviously it was a sort of low enthusiasm game for everybody and everybody, you know, had better things to do or whatever. I literally only went because I was in, in Falkirk. Um, so it was like a 15 minute drive and I was going to be leaving around about that time anyway. So I literally got a lift from my, from my wife to the game. But I can't, I wait, is this now us calling a moratorium? You know, oh, it's so good to have fans back and everyone's so excited and want to go to games and stuff like that because they, they want to get back. Everyone's kind of had their fill at this point and we're now slowly getting back into that that rut or that routine of just it's a official game. I, I might go, I might not. I don't even think it's that, David. I genuinely think if, if the tickets were a normal uh, pay the gate or even book in advance system, I think we'd have taken a good few hundred to Stenhouse-Muir. It seems like quite a popular away day venue. It's quite local for a lot of people. It's easy to get to from Central. It's fairly easy to get to from Edinburgh. And as you say, it was it was a nice day, and that generally normally does attract more people. I think because it was just such tight restrictions in the tickets, people just thought, no, I'm not going to bother. And when tickets did become available for Thistle fans, Thistle fans knew it was going to be a nice day and had probably made plans. And can't really blame them. We'll move on to the, the home game, which did have a, a slightly better turnout. And I think people are genu- generally more enthused for the home games just because they're, I don't know, more likely to sit with their pals, more likely to get back into a, pre, a pre-match routine at the moment. Um, I know you two normally favour their away days, but I think at, at the moment you can get a wee bit more out of a home game. Um, so it was at home to Dumbarton on Tuesday night. We were all there. It was, again... Very hot. Jamie, I'll come to you first on this one. What did you think of the game on Tuesday night? I thought that we played all right. In the first half, I didn't think we were great. We did start okay with some good passing, some uh, you know, good balls out wide, but then the ball in the box wasn't good enough quite often. Didn't beat the first man on time and just didn't reach his target over hit. Didn't really have any huge chances. Kyle Turner had like a long shot in the first or second minute. That was about it. I can't really remember any huge chances apart from that. Uh, we didn't really struggle to break Dumbarton down too much. I mean, they are a stuffy team. They always have been. Like When we played them in League One last season, we know what they're like. They do sit back quite a lot. I don't really remember Dumbarton having any chances at all, apart from one header from a corner in the first half. Obviously, it was good to get uh, Brian Graham another goal just on the half-time mark, just, you know, just before the whistle, which was obviously it's always good to score just before half-time. Second half, I thought we played better. We came out and did some better passing, good interplay. 
Uh, obviously, we've got that second goal from Brian Graham again. It's good to get him another goal. Zach Rudden definitely should have had another one. And then, you know, there was a suspicious yellow card that they got for their keeper bringing down Ross Doherty, which in another day, you never know, could have been given as a right because Doherty was through one-on-one. Then, obviously, right at the end of the game, there was a really bizarre moment where Richard Foster forgot what way we were playing and decided to take a long shot into the top corner of our own goal, which Jamie Sneddon had to save. And then there was the indirect free kick, which is... Of a real rarity, I think it's only the second one in recent time that I can remember, apart from that one at East Fife. So you don't see them too often. But again, it was an all right performance. We got we got through the game, we got another win, giving ourselves somewhat of a chance. But I can't see us qualifying now because we need to score quite a few goals against the Marins. So I think realistically the focus will be on the league in the back of McCall's mind. Yeah, just before I come to you, David, I was going to come back to Jamie on a couple of points. I think you're doing Dumbarton a slight disservice. I thought last season they were, as you said, a sort of stuffy, hard-to-break-down team. I thought with their new coach, Stevie Farrell, they played a little bit more expansively. They had a couple of decent counter-attacks in the first half, and I'm not saying they were the better team or we didn't deserve to win, but I was, I got more from Dumbarton than I expected to get from Dumbarton. I did expect, like you said, them to be quite stuffy and hard-to-break-down, but they came and gave it a good go. So fair play to them. And on the the Ramsbottom booking incident just lay on in Dockery. I think that might have been a red card had Dockery not taken a shot. He seemed to shoot rather than knock it by the goalkeeper and put it in once he'd run by him. I think if he had just taken a touch by him and got ready to slide the ball in and then was taken out by the goalkeeper, it would have been a different coloured card. But I agree with your assessment. We were a wee bit slow, but as you say, good to get the, the points on the board and good to see Graham on the score sheet again. David, what were your thoughts on Tuesday night? We played okay. I, again, I thought Dumbarton played quite well and yeah, like the first half it was a bit it was a bit difficult. I think the second half when it when it came apparent like we needed probably three or four out of this to kind of get us back into contention for a a place. And because now I believe we need to beat St Mirren 3 now um to overtake them. Um but so when it kinda of got to like uh, near the end it was still two 0 and um, then St Mirren made it three one oh yeah, St Mirren made it three one with like fifteen minutes to go in our game. It kind of you you, you kinda of saw that like it was it was a, it was an alright performance. Um I, I don't I think we have struggled in the Stennis and Barton game to play in the same manner that we did against the Rangers of Dunfermline. I know we got beat 4-2 against Dunfermline, but the first 25 minutes we played really, really well and had a bit of confidence. And I don't know, it, it was it was an alright, like, you know, in isolation, a 2-0 victory is perfectly fine. You're never going to grumble about that, but it was kind of a bit a bit disappointing that we kind of needed a few goals um, against them to kind of give ourselves a chance, and now that you don't have that, it's it's going to be very difficult. But no, like you can't you can't really complain too much about the performance. I thought we were okay, um, and I will never ever um, bemoan the the sighting of an indirect free kick. I think it's actually the second time I've ever seen one in the flesh, and it's fantastic. Were you at um, East Fife away in the Scottish Cup a couple of years ago, David? That that was a better one. That was when. Hazard, and he, it wasn't like a miss kick. He kicked it pretty well, and the wind just blew it back to him. So he picked, he caught it, and because no East Five player touched it in between Bannigan passing it back to him, the clearance and then the catch, they got an indirect free kick for that. That that was the best one I've seen. I don't know if either you were there for that one. Yeah, I remember that one. That's the only two I've ever seen in like 
couple hundred pistol games I've been to, I've only seen those two. They are yeah. brilliant. I was just going to say, um, as much as we had a wee joke about the lack of water break at the start, that's obviously a very serious issue. And we heard um, one of the Dumbarton players getting subbed off at half time. And I think you do have to take that into account. I know people say they're professional athletes, they should be able to deal with whatever the weather throws at them. But it was genuinely uncomfortable just sitting there in the sun, never mind having to run about. And it, it undoubtedly has an, an impact on games. We were very slow in the ball, and as you say, David, in the the, uh, the Dunfermline game, sorry, and the Rangers friendly, that's not how we played. We were moving the ball about pretty slickly, and it's pretty hard to argue, I think, that the weather obviously had an effect, and whether you think it should or not is a different question, but I think it did, and you can't really blame the players for that because it, it was so hot. Definitely. I, w- I would definitely say that the weather definitely played its part. I mean, as you say, it was... It was quite horrid sitting there, like, stewing away, never mind actually running about and playing. And I don't know, if you're the sort of person that's saying, oh, they're professional athletes, you should be able to do, take whatever the weather throws them, that's just nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. They're still just human beings at the end of the day. And this isn't a, oh, the game's gone, they're a bunch of Jesse's sort of situation. This is literally just... You know, a guy gets subbed off for heat stroke and you know, heat stroke and fucking half time. What what possibly do you want them to do if you're not letting them have uh, drink breaks? Yeah, it's, it's madness. Uh, I I just uh, like what what possible downside is it to give them a drink break? What there's like a thirty second a minute long break where there's a lull in the action, the same as like if somebody I don't know, punts a ball away or something like that and the ball boy has to go get it. It's it's nothing it's nothing in the grand scheme of things and yeah, it's, it's just reckless to be honest that they, they won't do that. You're you're definitely right. And as well, there's even more of a case for players getting a a, a drinks break when they are part time and some of them will have been out in that heat all day working and then go to play football in, at night. And I'm not sure if that was the case. I think it was Carswell that got subbed off at half time. I'm not sure if that was the case for him. And I, I can't guarantee it was the case for anyone, but there will be some players who played in that heat on Tuesday night in one game across the the cup that will have been out in that heat all day. And as you say, David, it's reckless not to give them that break. And as well, think just thinking from a fan's point of view as well, if players are knackered, they're not going to put a good product on. It's all about entertainment at the end of the day. And if the players are knackered and can hardly run because they're not hydrated, then you're not going to see a very good game. And I'm not saying if there was a drinks break the other night, we'd have won 6-0 and it would have been fancy free-flowing football, but that's a factor too. Just before we move on from the Dumbarton game, um, and while we're still on the referee, I thought Ricky Forster was lucky to stay on the pitch from Matt Angle and the Jackie Husband stand. That looked like a little bit of a shocker. Because I, I, we, we discussed this after the game, and I... I think there's an argument to be made for a yellow or a red. It certainly, certainly was a card, and I think it could either be seen as a lenient yellow or a harsh red. I think just depending from you know your, your perspective, it, it didn't look as malicious as I would uh, as I would expected for like a, a straight red or anything like that. But it did seem like a bit more of an accident from where I was. I was I'm, I they generously moved me up a row to row D this time. Um, so I'm, I'm still like right on like eye level with uh, the players in the pitch, and yes, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, 
I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have grumbled if he got a red. Like certainly, uh, no. But I could have seen a yellow as well. Like I could, I think you could justify the yellow just about. It's one of them. I put my hands straight to my head as soon as he did it. I thought he was going to go. I think if it was a an opposition player doing that to one of our players, I'd have been up shouting for a red card. But it's maybe one we got away with. And if that's going to be one we get away with, it's unfortunate. It's maybe come at quite a relevant time of the season. Sorry, it's between uh, that and Graham like cracking a guy in the eye socket. Can we now call Fissel versus Dumbarton a blood and thunder fixture? I think we can. I think we've got we've got means. We've got means. We look forward to to round three whenever that may come. We'll move on to look at Sunday's game. We're travelling to St Mirren. We need a looks like we're going to need a win to have any chance of getting out of the group and possibly a win by a few goals. Jamie, how do you see it going on Sunday? Uh, realistically, I don't think we're going to do it. If we're going to win, we can maybe see us winning on penalties if you know, we continue them to the end more on penalties. But I don't think Simone are a bad side. I think they're, I think they're a good mid-table outfit in the Premiership. I, I just can't see us. I just can't see us getting a win by a couple of goals. If I'm being honest, and I don't know that. I mentioned it earlier. I might be playing in the back of McCall. McCall's mind. He may not want to put out our strongest team, risk an injury or risk anything. I want to give some players some game time. I know Harry Stone will be back in goal because he was given Snedden and Stone uh, a game, two games each in the cup. But he will have the Queen of the South game in the back of his mind because it's only six days between that and the Queen of the South game. And it's a much bigger game. The league, again, I know we said this last season, but once again, the league is everything this season. It should always be what you put first. You shouldn't sacrifice the league for early on stages in the cup, in my opinion. Um. I don't think McCall will want to do that. I don't think he'll risk any injuries. So I I can't see us I can't see us getting out of this group if I'm being honest. But I don't know. I don't know what other people think if they're more optimistic than me. But that's my opinion. Well, David is the optimist in the pod. So David, who's going to score the four goals on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> um, gospel or Choli with a hat trick, and then uh, uh, Senna with a bicycle kick, no doubt. Um, it's I, I've I've spent a lot of time doing the maths. Uh, the the Airdrie game was disastrous for us. Actually, if Muddle had beaten Airdrie, we would have went through if we beat St. Mirren. Um, I believe, um, yeah. So, like, if we take second place, I think we would be okay for second place if we won against St. Mirren. But, um, like, in terms of going through into the next round, um, because the, 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 we're, we're, we would definitely finish above two groups. And there's another two groups that are in the balance where it's like Dundee have to play fourth and stuff like that where yeah, we probably would get through. The problem is is that we need to either beat St. Minnan by blue three goals or Dunfermline to uh, not beat Stenhouse Muir. And if Stenhouse Muir have been quite stodgy against us in St. Mirren, um, it, it was 2-1 uh, until the death against St. Mirren and they, they only conceded in the last minute. So I I saying how I think we'll probably give Dunfermline a game. I I don't see them holding them until penalties. To be honest, I think Dunfermline will just have enough to beat them. And at that point, we need to be in mid and three now. And I don't think we will. I mean, there's weirder things that have happened. I would I'm absolutely hoping and praying and getting the candles out to manifest a St. mid and COVID forfeit three now, which would put us through. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 as much as I want us to progress in the League Cup, 
I, I wouldn't be massively upset if we just played the the backup brigade um, to quote FIFA. I'd just like to say nobody at Jaw Loser Jaw wishes COVID-19 on anybody associated with St Mirren Football Club, uh, regardless of how much we would like a 3-0 win on Sunday. Um, I mean, I think they'll do away with the League Cup group stages sooner or later. I think every year they get slightly less enjoyable because I used to really like them because I thought it was like, give you more summer football, got a chance to see new signings, go a couple of new away days. But the fact that it's regionalised is starting yeah. to ruin it, I think. If they just nationalised it, it'd be better. you got new away days, different opponents. But I feel every year we, we get either Stenhouse, Muir, Airdrie. We like guarantee them in our group every single year. And it just gets boring at this point. Um, yeah, I think if you're like Hibs or something like that, they're, they're the opposite end of the coin because they've had what, like Brora and Cove and... Uh, they get you know Highland away days all that all the time and stuff. So in fact, they're in Edinburgh. But yeah, when you're in the sort of the south, it's a case of you're you're getting teams that are sort of in your in your local area, maybe a team from the borders, something like that. But yeah, it's it's a bit difficult. But to be honest, I think it would be alright if we got like Edinburgh City or Annan or something like that one time. But yeah, it's just we always seem to get Stenia or Airdrie, and it gets a bit boring after a while. I'm I'm totally with you, Jamie. I've I've said that on Twitter before. Um, the the one time fans would love to travel up to Elgin's when it's warm. Elgin's the one that a lot of people are missing from their 42. Other places like you know Cove, Annan as well. You want to go to those places, and fans want to go to their away days in the summer. That's like one of the benefits of summer football. So stop making us go to Stenhouse Muir. Stop making us go to Airdrie. Let us go to these far flung exotic Scottish places in in July while the weather's nice. I mean, ideally, I'd just like us to be in Europe so we don't need to be in the group stages, but, you know, take it one step at a time. That's true. That's true. We'll move on. We've got a listener question this week from Jamie Scott. He has asked, um, what defensive targets should we be after in the transfer window? Um, I'll start just by saying that we have been rumoured to be signing Lewis Mayo, who spent a short period of time on loan at the club in 2020. There's rumours of him coming in. Jamie, would you be happy with that, or do you have your eye on any other defensive players? No, I'd be, I'd be very happy with that. I mean, Lewis May obviously only played three games for us because we signed him injured. That's not like us. We're not used to signing injured players, but we signed him when he was injured, so he obviously didn't get a play at first in the season, got cut short because of COVID. But I was very impressed by him when he played. He got uh, man of the match on his, I think it was his professional debut when he played for us against uh, Queen in the South that day. He almost scored as well. I think he had a header that came off the post. But I, I was impressed with him in the three games he played. He played up at Dundee United and against Dunfermline as well. And yeah, I was. I thought he was a very good player. I mean, if Rangers do give us to him on, give him to us on loan, I'd be surprised because I thought they'd want to test him at a different level. Maybe in the Scottish Premiership, at, I don't know, a Ross County or a St Mirren, someone like that. But. I'd definitely take him if he's if he's going. I mean, I think the Firmly fans have been impressed from last season, so I'd, I'd happily have him back. He'd definitely add something to the defence, especially if Dan Brown is going to be spending like half the season, or if not more, out injured. We obviously didn't see Mayo very much, but my bad memory of him was he was a, a really quick defender, and I think he would add a lot to the team at the moment, because I think what we have seen from the defence in the League Cup games so far is that the defence lacks a wee bit of pace, um, especially, in, well, I say especially in the middle, all across the back four, really, the defence lacks a bit of pace. So I think I agree with you, Jamie Lewis Mayo would be an excellent addition or that sort of player, uh, a quick and possibly a young player as well to maybe play beside a guy like Bell. David, any thoughts on defensive recruitments? 
to be honest, just echo what you're saying. I think you definitely need a quick young player. I think that like sort of the O'Ware and Bell. I mean, there is you know rumours floating about about O'Ware, um, about you know how long he's going to be here. He's not been in the squad for a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And but I, I do feel that there is there is an opportunity to have a partnership between an old and a, not an old, but you know I mean a more experienced, uh, sort of less pacey defender and a younger quick defender and I think that could work really well and I think McCall could get something out of that and yeah I think Mayo fits the bill with that uh, we've already seen him before albeit limited but I think a lot of people would be happy with the signing and I think he could do well and even as well just you know, giving Senna a go as well I think there, there is options that we can work with but so I would certainly say Mayo's probably the target for me you want What do we think of the fullback situation at the moment? Kevin Holt obviously came in at centre-back on Tuesday night. I thought he looked actually a bit better at centre-back than he did in his appearances at left-back so far. Kieran McKenna played at right-back. thought he was OK. His cross balls weren't great, but I thought he looked solid enough. What do we think of the full-back situations? Do we think we need reinforcements there? Personally, yes. Uh, I think we need to get another full-back in. I mean, I thought Kevin Holt actually did quite well at centre-back. I thought he, I was more impressed with him there than I was with him at left-back. Obviously, only seen limited amount of appearances for him, but I think he could do a good job at centre-back easily. We've got Ricky Foster, obviously, he can play either side. I, personally, I just don't see McKenna as a full-back. I think he's too slow. As you said, Matt, his balls into the box, they weren't great. I think he's good at centre-back, but I'm not saying he's rubbish at right-back, but... I'd rather we have someone in who's the actual natural position. I just I just think McKenna's too slow playing there. I'd like us to get in another full-back and I'd pick a right-back because Foster can cover a left-back and we've got Holt and left-back as well. So I'd, if we could get another right-sided full-back, then I think that and a centre-back would finish the defence off, I think. David? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm probably in a minority that you know, Foster's been getting a lot of stick recently and I, I've actually quite enjoyed Foster. Um, he, he, he can be a bit harsh with his tackles and stuff like that at times and he has a, a, a tendency to maybe go in a bit a bit too hard at times but I've, I've actually enjoyed watching him um, and the friendlies that we've seen in the, in the good cup games for the most part. I do think, however, you know, uh, losing Penn Rice and Williamson, albeit Williamson, you know, we weren't all hailing Williamson as a saviour and, you know, uh, donning the black armbands when he left or anything like that. But he, he did he did bring something to the team. And I think as well, if you're going to be getting rid of like, two players like that and then don't bring in players to replace them, that, that's a concern for me. I think at the very least you should be looking at some, you know, a like-for-like replacement or whatever so that you have that depth. And, and yeah, it's just I, I don't think we've been able to recruit to replace Penrice and Williamson. Um, that way, so no, I'd definitely say we probably do need a, uh, another fullback. But I mean, certainly, like, I've actually quite enjoyed Foster um, watching him mainly because I sit on uh, on like literally on pretty much on the byline next to him as he's running up and down and stuff. But no, yeah, definitely, I think we do need another fullback. I think the thing with the fullbacks for me at the moment, and I'm sure this will change, and it probably is also an argument to bring another fullback in if we are going to go four four two and play Tiffany on one side and Connor Murray or Ross McKeever on the other side and play with two out-and-out wingers, the importance of having attacking fullbacks is reduced slightly and you're then looking at more solid defensive fullbacks, which I think McKenna and Foster are. So if we play 4-4-2, 
every week for 90 minutes and I think we're probably all right but I know the reality of the situation is there are going to be weeks where we play 4-3-3, and we are relying on our fullbacks for a wee bit more involvement in the attacking areas and that's when I'd be looking for other options so I think yeah maybe one more fullback who is maybe specialist cross balls bit of pace something like that could be good just to add to the squad We'll move on. We've got a couple of questions just before we finish. Um, Ewan Mubbs, he's got in touch and asked, when did Thistle last have as good a home and away strip combo, if ever? David, you had a segment on this show that was called Strip Club. RIP might bring it back one day, but, you know, flying with the angels at the moment. So you're going to be the man I'm going to ask this one to. When did we last have such a good combination of home and away strip? I mean, I always think about the 17, 18... That that was that is probably my favourite away top of all time, and I I quite enjoyed the home top at that point. That would probably be mine just purely because the away top was above and beyond anything we'd done for so long, particularly because it was Joma as well. I'd probably say the seventeen eighteen one. The other one I like. Um, there was a season where we had the red big bolt big block down the middle with the yellow on each side. And it was in a white away strip at the, t- at the time as well. 16, 16 yeah. 17, top 16. That, that was that one. I really, I really enjoyed uh, those. I think the Kingsford Capital ones are very strong as well. I know a lot of they are kind of divisive, but I really enjoyed all the Kingsford Capital ones. But I don't know, like the, the 17 18 one has is, is probably been my favourite then. But before that, I can't think of any that have really hit the mark like that. It's certainly, this year's is certainly top two or three. And I think as well that the good thing about this is, this is probably going to be our first season where we play in four strips. Because get home, away, we played in the 1921 kit, and we've been there's been the rumblings of a 1971 kit at some point as well. That I think the, uh, this has got to be our strongest year in God knows how long, and especially if we have a 1971 League Cup kit, which going by O'Neill's record so far is probably going to be great. So yeah, I, I definitely say this is de- certainly the best year that I can remember. Supporting Thistle and, and beyond, like even back to what textile world years, it's probably the strongest have been. Yeah, when you include the, the 21 kit, it's such a strong year. There's, there's not a bad kit yet. So, yeah, I think it, it's possibly the best year I can remember. Jamie, you got any thoughts? Yeah, I definitely say it's the best year uh, that I've been a fan that I can remember having kits. The only two other ones I'd give honourable mentions to, like David mentioned, the 16 17 kit. As much as I do prefer predominantly yellow home tops. I did like the home top that year. I thought it was quite neat. And I love that white away top. I've always loved that white away top. Uh, the one such just so simple, uh, white with the yellow trim. And we always played well in that, I felt. And also the season that we won the uh, first division, both tops were nice that season. I really liked that home top. And that purple and black away top, the kind of thistle and print on it, was very nice as well. So I'd say probably for a combination, it's probably the best since the 2012-13 one, in my opinion. But it, it is the best I've seen. I love both kits this year. To finish up this week, we've got Partridge Thistle. David, going to come to you this week. You've got a question for us. Yeah, so um, to celebrate um, the one, the 100 cricket starting, uh, the 100 ball cricket competition starting, it's heavily commercialised and all the teams are um, sponsored by Crisps and it's been known as the Crisp Cricket because everyone just associates them with hula hoops, skips, McCoys, everything. Nobody knows the actual teams and the names, just literally hula hoops and skips and stuff like that. So if you had to choose a crisp to uh, sponsor Patrick Thistle, uh, what would you choose? I'm going to go like bacon rashers for us, because you could almost get away with like 
a bacon rasher on the kit and almost make it red and yellow. <laughs> so I'm going to go bacon yeah. rashers for us. I, a smoky bacon one would, would probably be good. I, 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 I thought quite a bit about this, to be honest. I don't know. I think we could. I thought maybe a bit of scampi fry kit. Um, mainly because I really love scampi fries, but Pringles. I'd probably say we'd 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 do well with Pringles. I think we'd do a good Pringles kit. Uh, I'd say McCoy's. I love McCoy's crisps, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick McCoy's. I think the logo. We could probably get that on the kit without making it look too tacky. You know, I would say that the salted McCoy's. I think you could do a you could do a library of the salted McCoy's packet, and I think that would work quite well as like a sort of weird kit for ourselves. So no, I I can maybe see that that, that works. As always, thank you for joining us on Draw, Lose or Draw. You can find us on Twitter at Draw, Lose or Draw and on Facebook. You can listen to us on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. As always, stay safe and buy a season ticket. <laughs>